Welcome to another edition of Traditional Bowhunter Magazine's Campfire Chat Podcast. Back in March, when we were still able to travel and visit with friends, TJ and I attended the Professional Bowhunter Society gathering in Springfield, Missouri. That's only a few miles from Nix, Missouri, and the home of Black Widow Bows, so TJ sat down with Roger and Toby for a nice little campfire chat. Welcome to another edition of Traditional Bull Hunters Campfire Chat. Today, uh, we are down here in Nixa, Missouri, talking with Toby Essick and Roger Fulton of Black Widow Bows. Gentlemen, thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for coming by. And uh, allowing me to have, spend some time with you. First of all, it's like, I want, I want to start with you, Roger. Is that, first of all, it's like, where are you go? Where you, where'd you come from? I mean, where were you born and... I've never really left the county. I was, you know, born, uh, raised, same town where I live now, about 18 miles east of here. So, wow, I've lived here all my life. Toby? Yeah, I basically say I live on the on the same family farm I grew up on. Me and my brother uh, both built houses on it. Same deal. They've never left the compound. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've ran into people who've never left the state. Yeah. Uh, and they've lived there their whole life, 50, 60 years. And I can't imagine it. See, I was born in Hawaii, raised in the Philippines. I traveled around the world before I even knew what was going on in life, you know. <laughs> so for me, it's a little bit different. And it always, it always fascinates me to, to find, uh, you know, you you can live one place where you do with your folks mm-hmm. and maybe your grandparents and maybe your kids and they're your grandkids. It's just that I don't know what that's like. So it always fascinates when people are able to do that. Right, yeah. So one thing I want to know is uh, we know where you're from, but. I'd like to know, how did each of you get started in the archery and then bull hunting at that? I mean, we all started somewhere. Oh, yeah. Um, I was building fence for John's dad. I just got laid off from a job in Springfield. And Ken was uh, had bought the company in 82. And both of John's older brothers were working there, and they were needing one more guy, and I sure didn't want to dig fence poles, <laughs> fence hole, post holes, so I went over there, and he hired me in 85, and I was going to stay there six months till I found a better job, and here we are today, 30-some years later. So you've worked for Black Widow for that long. Mm-hmm. Now, did he buy that from the Wilson brothers? No, he built, bought it from a gentleman that bought it from them. Okay. He used to work for them, and it was pretty much a failing company, you know. Well, I know Ken did a lot to yeah, bring things he back. Did. He spent a lot of time. Sure did. So so you've been here for 30 years. 30 years or plus, and I had never picked up a bow until I started at Black Widow. Really? So I had no bad habits whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so, until now. Until now. Well, everybody has to have vices. Yeah. You know, and then they turn into habits. Yeah. What about you, Tobe? Oh, actually, I, I grew up on a dairy farm, um, milking cows, and, and always enjoyed the farm life, and, and was actually still doing that. When Kind of the same deal. A guy was leaving that was working for Ken, and uh, John and his brothers were, were working for Ken, and, and we're neighbors. I'm actually, me and John just live about a half mile apart. So listen. Yeah. And uh, hit me up. Said, you know, I wanted to. Wanted a job, and, and I was actually running a hay crew at that time, which is not a lot of fun, so 
on <laughs> working in the air conditioner sounded kind of appealing. And then I started in August, so so that had a lot to do with it. But yeah, I went to, went down and uh, Ken hired me, and and it'll be it'll actually be thirty years uh, in August. Be thirty years that I started work for Ken. John and Toby live on the same ridge. I think they're brothers, kind of. Yeah, somewhere back there, right? Yeah, there. somewhere. <laughs> So, so that's how you got started archery too. Well, I, I was I grew up hunting, fishing. Mm-hmm. And, I'm sure you did. Too. But, oh yeah, but I did not uh, was not shooting traditional, you know. But I, I had bow hunted, and then when started working Ken, you know, basically when I started getting into traditional bows. But but I grew up hunting and, and bow hunting, but nothing as serious as I do now. You know, I was just just a kid and, and uh, basically knew nothing about it but i've learned it's crazy how much you learn even still today with just talking on the phone with people you know and hearing what they've done and and how they do it and things like that so it it really helps i mean just to listen when you're bow hunting how the guys are being successful at it so so you're kind of thrust into the business (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that's interesting not that it's well, you did bull hunt a little bit. We both hunted the fish, so you're in a great spot. Turkeys, deer, and things like that. Oh, too. yeah. But yeah, I also yeah. noticed that it sure has grown up. It's, this is not like out <clears> in <throat> farmland like it was when I was here the last time, 17 years ago. One of the ago. fastest growing counties in Missouri. Holy smokes, man. It's like, <laughs> it's like I, I go, I think this was like a dirt road at one time. <laughs> and it's paved now. <laughs> well, well, Ken, so, so Ken bought this in what year? 82. 82, and, and uh, you guys came to work about the same time? Well, it's eight, three years later in 1985. Well, he's done a lot. I don't know who owned it before. I know the Wilson brothers, uh, they started, and as you well know, they're being mm-hmm. inducted into the Archer Hall of Fame here this August, which uh, I, you probably never met them. No. no. I've, uh, I met one of the wives that was still alive. But... I was going to say, because you know, they were around for a long time. Mm-hmm. You said it was pretty much a fairly business for Ken got involved. I know that he's done a tremendous amount of work on the technology and, and the technical side and design and mm-hmm. things like that. And I'm sure you guys have been falling on. I'm just, uh, it still kind of, it still catches me off guard that you guys started working here and then you decided to buy it. How did that pan out? I mean, how did it work out? Dude, I know Ken was looking to step back, <clears throat> but you've been here for a long time, obviously, but you've had it for how long now? 15 years. 15 years. And it was, Ken came to us, actually. Really? Yeah. You know, I, I, we had all kind of thought about it and stuff. You know, Ken, uh, Ken was getting up there in age, and we're, you know, wondering, he, how long is he going to continue this? You know, how, how secure is our jobs? You know, and uh, kind of out of the blue, really, yeah. Ken just came to us and said, I've got it all laid out. If you're interested, here it is. And, and it was really a, a no-brainer. Ken was very gracious to us, and mm-hmm. Ken financed the entire thing. We did not have to borrow a penny. So, what did we have? To, we had nothing to lose, you know. You know, and there had been a couple of boyers like Schaefer and uh, that had passed away, and their boat companies were kind of in limbo for a while. And Ken didn't want that to happen either, you know, to us, you know, let alone the boat company, but the people that worked for us. So. Same thing. That's like he wanted. Made, it's, it's, he wanted it to, to go right on, you know, if something would happen to him. But he's 
Going strong at 84. He was in here yesterday. I was going to ask you, what's the last time you saw him? I don't think I've seen him for a few years. I think the last time, I think he showed up at Compton a couple, two, three years ago. It was the last time I think I've talked to him. He's not yeah. slowed down. I don't, think he, I don't think he ever will. Um, I know that he's done a lot of, uh, he's done a lot of innovations. I remember, I have a friend, Corey Massett. And you know, he used to send us cookies for Christmas, Corey. What happened up? Yeah, what happened with that? (laughs) And I used to, he used to, I used to call me quite often too, and he just disappeared again. But I remember he told me, he said, and you know, and I've I own bows from myriad bow hunters and boyers over the last 40 50 years I've been involved, and I have over a hundred bows in my office that I have no idea what I'm doing with them anymore, you know, and I never. I never, I looked at Black Widows before, I'd always seen the recurves, right? And I always thought they were kind of gaudy and big, you know, they're, they're heavy duty and all that. I said, I did nothing I was really interested in at the time. I was shooting other bows and I was doing well. And Corey, one time, he said something to me, he says, you know, there's two types of bow hunters. Those who own a Black Widow and those who wish they owned a Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> and I always thought that was a little smart ass, you know? <laughs> well, when I came down here and I took the class with Fred uh, many years ago, and um, I shot one, and I realized there's something going on here. The preloading is really nice. The draw is smooth. They're extremely fast. They're very durable. And I ordered one right off the bat. And um, and since then, I <laughs> I think I've got three more. I own four Black Widows. <laughs> so tell me about what what makes the Black Widow so unique. What design? And I'm sure you're working on new designs all the time, like the Toby Grip, which I love. Well, we constantly try to come up with. With new things and 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 it's been really really tough. The last, you know yeah. we've got seven or eight models. You know where do you go? How do you keep producing new models? And and if you do, what a longer riser, a shorter riser, and things like that. But you know one of the things that makes our bow unique is is where we mount the limbs on the on the belly of the riser as opposed to the back side of the riser. And you know that started years and years ago. You know, even I assume the Wilsons were building the metal risers, you know, started putting the limbs on the, on the belly side. And they wanted their, they took their one-piece bow and made it a takedown, mm-hmm. basically. <clears throat> you know, they wanted their takedowns to look like one-piece bows. Okay. So. Well, it is a strange design. I don't know of anybody else's. We think everybody else's. To be the first time I saw one, I go, "That's weird." But when you actually shoot one, I, like I said, I like the preloading of the lens, and I think that really helps for a lot of people because you don't have any stacking. It's a continuous, nice weight all the way back, very smooth. Uh, they're very quiet. Well, a lot of that's in that design, in the, with the limbs mounted on the belly side. Mm-hmm. If you look at look at our bow. And hold it out in front of you, where the throat of the riser goes, where you're, where you grip the bow, is actually in front. Yeah. You know, out in front of the vertical axis of the limbs. You know, so when you're drawing that bow, it makes it less acceptable to torquing and things like that. If you if you grip the bow hard, so it makes it less acceptable to torquing, and uh, and overall gives it a, a way smoother draw. You know, it makes it more forgiving. Well, they are. That's a fact. And that's just on the recurves. What about your longbows? I mean, they still shoot. My longbows shoot like a recurve. It's very impressive. I remember several bows over the past I've had that you shoot them and you feel like they're going to knock your throat out. <laughs> yeah. And I don't care how many little spider legs you put on there or how many little fuzz balls or whatever. It still would just jar you, you know? And 
but I've never had that issue with the Black Widow bow. And, uh, and there's a few other bows. Actually, there's there's several good bows today. I remember that when we first started 30 years ago, there wasn't a whole lot of high-quality bows being made. Probably 8 to 10, maybe, mm-hmm. at best. <clears throat> and a lot of people jumping into it, which where they produced, some of them looked like 2x4s that were carved out. I mean, and they shot like 2x4s that were carved out. Mm-hmm. But Black Widow's been able to stand the test of time and still continues to do quite well. And, and I spend a lot of time in Europe every year, and everybody over there shoots black widow bows. And all my friends <laughs> shoot black widow bows or North Archery bows. So one of the two. It's either ones from Virgil or bows from you boys. But I was just always curious about you know your designs and, and, and what you know what makes it unique. Obviously the rear mounted limbs, um, the Toby grip, which I think on your longbow. I love it. And everyone, you know, I've never even thought about that. First, my someone said, I don't know if I like a bulbous grip. And I put it in my hand. I'm going, I need to go shoot this. So I'm always, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we were at Kalamazoo and I went and shot a few times. I go, I really like this grip. So when that last bow that I had you guys that make for me and you put that on there, it's turned into my my go to bow. And then our takedown system and our longbow is really popular also. Yes, that's what I, I I love mine. Slip in is a smart idea. It just works. I think the first one I got, I'm trying to remember. I I believe that there was some issues with some noise on one of them. And Kim was putting in a bolt or something in there, a little brass bead. I never had that issue with that one. I still have that bow. But uh, you know, it, did you still you won't you don't run it anymore with the, the new one piece setup we have? Well, if you keep it. Uh... You know, when you take that apart, if you keep it lubricated, we, we supply a deal of boning string wax with mm-hmm. it. Keep some string wax on it. Uh, keep it, you know, keep it lubricated. It'll, it'll stay good and quiet. And it's a really good system. Is it uh, carpet fiber? What do you, what is the sheathing on that? It's when just, you, it's just a woven, woven fiberglass. Okay. Uh, but it's very strong. You, you well, epoxy. you know, we, yeah. it, it's just wrapped and soaked in our epoxy and wrapped. And then you'll you finish that afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, I know because when I I remember years ago I always traveled with a one piece. Well, anymore it's almost impossible. It's too expensive. And one time we could fly with yeah. three pieces of luggage at seventy five dollars for free, and the next one was like ten bucks. Anymore you can't do that. So if it's longer than thirty six inches, I, I can't take it anywhere, right? Yeah. So the takedown has always been even with a recurve, but now with all my longbows, the takedown takedown is the only way to go. Yeah, it really is. So. Anything new that you have coming up on that you want that you're thinking of? Any new designs we should be looking for? I know you say you probably have too many models. That's probably the one that they have. <laughs> and I know it's hard to keep yeah. coming up with new ideas, but if you have a product and a design that's already world famous and all that, how do you improve? You got to keep trying, you know. It's well, really tough. I and mean, we play with stuff all the time, you know. That's good. We don't hear as much about it as we did three or four years ago. Everybody was wanting a. Three piece longbow, you know, handle and breakdown limbs, and we played with that. We a hybrid. We, yeah, we tried to put it on our existing belly mounted handle. Yeah, there's a pile of them there on the floor. <laughs> Is that all? Take down longbow yeah. limbs, really? And what about a riser? <laughs> That's probably the hard part, right? And, and they shot, but but they didn't shoot as well as our existing PL longbow. So. You know, if you're going to come out with a new bow, it's got to be at least as good as the one you have, you know, and hopefully better, but it's just, it, it's tough. It really is. You're still so, working on that takedown longbow? Yeah, we play with it once in a while. You know, we've made three or four of them, and I've shot them, and 
and uh, and they shoot. The downside is it's going to cost more to make. Now you're making you know a handle and all that and stuff. So I don't know. We we don't hear as much about it as we used to. Uh, our takedown longbow it's pretty dang hard to beat. You know, it's it's so simple. No tools. You don't need a wrench. If you forget your wrench, you can still pull it apart or take it apart. Whatever you need to do. It's just it's, it's the about best. the simplest design there is you know you stick it in your pack when you get ready to hunt pull it out stick it together string it and you're hunting i'll have to show you a photo of my goat hunt because i had it taken down and had my my arrows and this uh, that strapped to the back of my bow but i had that i had the takedown bow or actually to the pack but i had my my takedown long post stuck inside there. The only thing I found out is that I kind of curled the handle with it, jamming it down in my back. So that just that little beaver skin. But hey, it's not a big deal. After I shoot it, uh, you know, for a couple hours, it works just fine. Okay, a little bit of a personal stuff. Well, now, but uh, first of all, I want to ask you: you didn't peel this something PX off. What does all that mean? I mean, you have all right. Here we go. Okay, I, please, because I know there's a lot of people that. I have no idea what I do that stuff. Yeah. So people tell me I shoot a you know PLX on top of I go, I don't know what that means. I don't even know what's a recurve or long. <laughs> yeah. Ken bought the company in 1982. That was the 25th anniversary of Black Widow. So he designed the first three-piece takedown with wood handle called the MA for Maple Anniversary. A few years later, he designed a shorter handle, so he called it the SA for short anniversary. You know, looking back, we would have probably yeah. named them different things. If you know, I do remember the MAs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in hindsight, we definitely could have changed things up, but started coming out with the uh, gray barks. So those were the twos for gray bark, and then okay. the threes are the autumn oaks. Okay. Fours are the green ones. And then, what was it? The, what came next? Ironwood. Well, yeah, the Ironwood. What model? The ECH is the next uh, takedown. Take Precision that. Compact Hunter. So we did kind of change uh, change it up a little bit there, you know. The P in all of them is for Precision. Precision, precision. Yeah, since 2003, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I remember that was uh, the new part, but I still get confused. Yeah. <laughs> it's got too many damn acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. So, and then tell me what my longbow is, because I have no idea. Precision longbow, bow, PL. Is it not an X on there? Yeah, that's for the wood. Exotic. Oh, exotic. Okay. X for exotic. See? No, it makes sense. (laughs) I still can't keep track of it. (laughs) So you have the two gray barks, the three autumn oaks, the fours are the green leaves, the fives are the ironwoods, and the X's are the exotics. The exotic. So then my little... uh, Ebony and blonde is exotic. Exotic. Okay, yeah. I know. Like your wife. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like that PLX though. It's like, now I know. It's precision, longbow with exotic limbs. Or yep. laminations, I should say. Yep. Because mm-hmm. I always have bamboo. You guys do very good on that. And I've always been impressed with bamboo laminations for decades. I've always thought that they shot better than maple and anything like that. So I've been really happy with that. So now I understand that. <laughs> you learned something today. <laughs> I did. Now, if I can just remember by the time I get home. Uh, okay, well, this I, I have some personal things I'd really like to, to find out. So, oh, I've got to go. <laughs> yeah, well, not that bad. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, obviously, you're here in, in, you're here in some really good hunting country right here in Missouri. Tell me what is your favorite animal you like to bow hunt or to hunt. I mean, even if it's not a white belt. 
If I had to pick one, it would be elk. Just going, of course, you live in that kind of country. I love going to the mountains. It's just such a change. And I don't know, I just always have started, uh, well, right after I got out of high school, or took my first trip. I've just loved it ever since. And, uh, it, it's it's definitely, I look more forward to elk hunting in the fall as, as anything. I really do. And you shot some pretty nice moose up north, too. Well, I shot a moose. Uh, I, I didn't get, well, I didn't shoot it, though. It's a really, really nice one. Uh, but ended up on the eight today killing uh, killing a smaller one. But, and, and that was a ton of fun, too. I want to do that again. It, it was our first time. First time I'd been to Alaska moose hunting. Uh, I'd been to Alberta once. But first time really getting into some moose. It was it's fun. Oh, my. Have you ever yeah. killed a caribou? I have not. No, I've been on a caribou hunt. That's kind of on my bucket list as well. I remember it was mine. And thanks to Glenn St. Charles, he's the one that got me hooked on that. You know, decades ago when I went my first trip it was '86, and I killed one. It was like that was a that that you know once in a lifetime thing. Like Africa, it's like okay, now for every year for the next year, I'm gonna go back. Yeah, yeah, that's on my bucket list. <clears throat> Last year I went on a mountain lion hunt, and that was a uh, that was a ton of fun. And yeah, and you think like you're saying about the caribou, you think that. You know, one time, you know, you've done that, and, and me and my brother both are like, man, we've got to try that again. Uh, that's the thing about it, that's a tough hunt if you're behind dogs in the winter. Yeah. It's yeah. not easy. I killed two lions. The first one was like the first day I ever went out on one. It was the uh, day after Christmas, and uh, or Christmas. I think I flew out Christmas Day, didn't I? It was the next day, the 26th of December of 94, 5, 6, I don't remember. Flew out to Montana. It was bitterly cold, and I went out, we... We, it was so cold the cat wouldn't tree. It was, it was we were in two foot of snow and chased it, and, and uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't tree. So I had to shoot it in this bush, and so it ate my it ate my bow. I've got a it actually it bit my bow and actually bit off four inches of a laminated bamboo longbow. Wow. And I still have that bow, and I show it to people in splinter, and they said, "Well, how how'd you do that?" I said, "I fed it to a cat." <laughs> Your favorite animal? Oh, my favorite. You know, turkeys are my nemesis. I like to get out in the spring and go after turkeys, but I love to go black bear hunting in the fall. Yeah. You know, so that's, the, seems like those are the, the two. Where do you go in the fall? Where do you hunt your bear? Up to Canada? Uh, Maine. Maine. Northern Maine. So we've got acquainted with Tony Boucher and his wife, Lynn, probably 10, 11 years ago. We've yeah. been every year since then. We do. We have a, we have for 11 uh, years. We've had a, that's called a black widow week, you know, yeah. and, and there's, Oh, there'll be 15 or so of us, all shooting traditional bow. <laughs> you know, I shoot a black widow. Yeah, and all shooting traditional bow, and uh, we all go, I said, we've done this for the actual widow week for, that sounds like a lot of fun. Eight or 10 years, maybe, right. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it is. Like I said, everybody's shooting traditional, we sit around, and he keeps four or five targets we shoot through the day and stuff, and then everybody heads out in the afternoon, and then we actually, we give a bow to the biggest bear kill that week. So, it's a lot of fun. We've been, doing, like great we've been doing it for a lot of years. And so, do you drive from here or do you fly? Or? We're doing both. It's, it's a long haul. Oh, oh long. it's 1,800 miles. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a 20-something hours. Or three plane rides in one day. Yeah, I know. And so, I'm getting to the point where I just don't know if I even want to go back up north in Canada because it just it's getting to be a hassle to fly. It's getting a lot more expensive. Yeah, you need to, you need to go with us one day. I would love one to. Year. We did. 
Toby just goes for the lobster. <laughs> hey, that sounds a good August time, July, August. That's, is that when the lobster is in season? It starts. That <laughs> it starts the last Monday in August, always. Um, and yeah, McDonald it, says lobster rolls. That's why you. Hey, I remember years ago it, it was very inexpensive to eat on the, to have lobster in June, July, August. On and I was in Massachusetts working for the feds for a while. There it was like. I remember two lobster dinners with nine ninety nine, you know, for whole lobsters, <laughs> and it was like you got to be kidding me. And a pitcher of beer was a couple bucks. Of course, I'm sure it's different. But I, that year, I think I flew home twenty five, thirty lobsters. They were so cheap, They're like two ninety nine a pound. I said, <laughs> load them up and air freight overnight. I haven't sent them to friends. I haven't done that for a long time. The, last, think it's cheap. the last time we drove up there, I took two <laughs> coolers. And I ended up, I brought home a hundred lobsters. <laughs> we had to leave the bears and <laughs> yeah, yeah. shoot them to me later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh boy! And any uh, we've covered up a lot of stuff. I know there's a lot going on. And uh, any closing comments, you guys, about your future? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, what do you see in your personal life through Boney? And what do you see with Black Widow? Obviously, we all want to see it continue on as each generation. On, you yeah. have your son working here now. And I think the future looks looks bright. You know, we're seeing more younger people. It seems like here in the last couple of years, the mm-hmm. younger crowd getting calls. You know, and ordering bows. Uh, a lot of that's through some of the younger guys promoting. You know, bows. So, um, you know, I think the future looks does look bright. We've, we're kind of getting an, an aging crew out there. You know, every, besides my son and and Tyler, and Tyler's been here 10 years, I yeah. think. He, he was came in here, what, junior or yeah, senior in high school? In high school He'd just yeah. stand around. Finally, yeah. we had to put him to work. work. I would. <laughs> Quit drinking our water. <laughs> yeah. and, and outside of that, uh, Tim's uh, been here 25-plus yeah. years. John the painting been here 25-plus years. Uh, Greg's been here. That's long as you, hadn't he? Greg? It'd be, uh, it'd be 29 years yeah. here. And uh, me, John, you know, so we are starting to get up there too. But, uh, you know, yeah, we've got a good crew. And, uh, well, you know, one of these days it'll be, you know, Miles and well, yeah, Tyler and these crew. younger guys. So Yeah, and what we get a lot too is uh, compound shooters mm-hmm. coming over, you know. Uh, there's no satisfaction in them hitting their target with their compounds. They only get PO'd if they miss. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, it becomes a chore and not fun. Yeah. And that's the thing that traditional archery is supposed to be fun. And, and they'll get a, a traditional bow and call in and say, I never was so nervous when this big doe came in, you know. <laughs> said, I never, you know, a big 140, 50-inch whitetail will come in and I knew he was dead, you know, with my compound, but... The, the thrill of the hunt is rekindled in them, you know, with the, the recurve, the long bows. Well, you know, a couple of years ago, we did the same thing. We retooled our website. We spent a lot of time working with social media growth and trying to target certain personas of people out there. Same thing. So basically, compounds, people coming over compounds was huge. The other one was the youth. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are working on now is to try to get more young writers, more young contributors and columnists and things like that because this is where our growth is going to come from. And we're seeing a lot more youth getting involved 
subscribing to the magazine. Every time I go to like uh, even Pope and Young or PBS things like that, I'm seeing more and more younger people coming becoming involved with archery and bullying. And I think it's it's I think we've we're seeing a good shift that we haven't seen for a long time. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of it's this right here, you know, yeah. these podcasts and, and, and things like that. Getting these, get, reaching these younger people, and just, it wasn't available ten years yeah. ago. No, there's this so. goofy guy out there in Colorado named Aaron Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> these oh, young yeah. guys, <laughs> really, I don't get it myself. <laughs> just kind of goofy looking dudes. Uh, Aaron, I. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I, we spent, I spent some time talking with him here a couple weeks ago. I'm, I'd like to bring him on board as one of our contributors uh, because he's got a lot of, you know, he does a lot of gear stuff. He does a lot of this high altitude and very, yeah. you know, he does a lot of this, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's extreme, extreme okay, extreme <laughs> hunting. And yeah. he it tests a lot of gear. He's a hell of a guy, really a nice man, very quiet. Uh, I Actually, I thoroughly enjoy quiet. having time. Yeah. <laughs> He can be. <laughs> he, he seemed he seemed to be just uh, kidding, Aaron. Yeah, he's he's a good guy, but but yeah, he has a he has a lot a following. He's I mean he's doing a lot he's, for traditional archery. He's right doing now. yeah. He's he doing he, as much he, as he anybody. Gets it. He's really doing a lot, and he he has a good clientele, and he can bring people into our sport, which I think is really necessary. But I think that's our future. Yeah, definitely. Anything else you guys want to say? I appreciate the time. Absolutely. We appreciate and, it. Um, I'll be back in the morning to finish my images. And then uh, you guys are going to have a whole bunch of people from PBS coming in tomorrow. There was 110 signed up last week for the tour. Hey, it's a huge draw. It's a hell of a business you guys run. Thanks for your time. Tony. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank Roger, you, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Gentlemen. hope you enjoyed this campfire chat podcast thanks for joining us please subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss the next one and visit our website www.tradbow.com for great articles tips and lots more of traditional bow hunter magazine